This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. What? 283. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 283. What did you watch this week? My name is Mike. My name is John. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty good, huh? Yeah. Nice. Nice. How's it, how's it going for you? It's going, it's going pretty good. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Going pretty good. But uh, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, did you get some stuff watched these last couple of weeks? Uh, I did get some stuff watched, yes. Um, it, it was kind of sporadic. Um, I ended up... I ended up uh, seeing some things here and there. Um, some stuff I got to binge. We... we uh, you know, as mentioned before, the reason that we didn't record last week was because I was um, uh, moving and Julia and I were moving in together. And um, basically, it's been it's been chaotic at best. Like we, we've we've settled. I mean, you were here yesterday. You saw the place we've settled in. And yeah, uh, but the build up to that, the running around, the realizing we're missing things and having to run to the store and, you know, going back and forth between my mom's house and this place and, you know, dropping stuff off, picking stuff up. It's been, uh, it's been a lot. So we, uh, we got some stuff watched, but like I went to look at my notes and I'm like, Oh, I forgot that I even watched that. So it's good that I took some notes. Um, I am missing a few key items, though. Oh, yeah? Um, like, like, what do you mean? Well, like, last time we recorded, we had talked about how we were just going to blast through Star Wars Visions. I have not watched a single one. Okay. Um, I am. I have not watched the finale of Ted Lasso yet. I, I've gotten up to, but I have not watched that yet. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, and... I'm only three episodes in just finished the third one right before this of uh, midnight mass. Okay. Okay. Other than that, I'm doing pretty well though. I, I watched both of the what ifs I watched the two most recent wonder years. Uh, like I said, I did watch the two episodes of Ted Lasso before the finale, uh, both episodes of what we do in the shadows and the rookie, uh, and all of squid game. Yeah, you got all of Squid Game in. Yep, and I even got in a movie. So, booyah! Considering my TV wasn't even hooked up for most of the week, I think that was pretty good. That does sound good. Yeah, I have not watched all of uh, Squid Game. Well, we're gonna have some fun conversation around that because I want to see where you're at and what you think so far. 
I'm two episodes in. Okay. Um, first episode obviously establishes what the show it's about, which is these people who have some sort of debt. Uh, I'm going to say get suckered in. Would you say suckered? Kidnapped? Uh, definitely not kidnapped. Suckered in is a good one. All right, I'm going to say suckered in to um, to this game, if you will, where they have, um, you know, they get suckered into this game where they are forced to play. And it's like they play red light, green light in the first episode. And typically red light, green light, if uh, they say red light and you move, you have to go back to the beginning. In this case, they shoot you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Eliminated. <laughs> yeah. And there's like 456 players to start. And by the end of the first game, there's only like 201 left or 202. Yeah, 201 left. And so, um, you know, 202, whatever it is, it's, an, it's not an even number. But anyhow, they're all dead. Like all the other ones are dead and it's very violent. And um, that's the end of the first episode. And essentially they find out they're in, they're stuck in this game with no escape. And in the second episode, we learn, Oh wait, if they all, if the majority vote to leave the game, then they all, all get to leave. Right. And essentially we have a whole episode of this discussion and them voting. And then they, they leave the game. Um, but that's also kind of also a misnomer because they say, well, if you all decide to come back or the majority decide to come back to the game, then you all be back in the game. And episode two is them establishing why they want to go back to the game. So that's all I watched. What do you think? For me, it? it was a bit of a slog. Like you said, it establishes, you know, why they're going back, which at first I was like, why are they doing this? And then afterwards I was like, actually, this is a good thing to do because you're basically saying, um, you're, you're basically saying to the audience, you know, oh, no, um, this could be ended right now. You know, you're kind of throwing a monkey wrench in right in the beginning because, yeah, you know, it, the game is supposed to be them playing games and possibly dying. And if in the second episode they're like, nope, it's all over, then there's not much of a show after that. Right. Um, but from what I hear after the second episode, it all goes pretty quickly. It does. Um, there are still some episodes that slog a little bit, but not like that one. It, it's a much better, um, a much better pace. Um, one thing that bothered me though, that you have seen in the first and second episode is so these people that are taken into the game. So they, they meet at an agreed upon place in time, you know, be here at this place. They're standing there by themselves and like when we see Guy Hyun, uh, one of the main characters, when we see him get picked up, the van pulls up and he gets in the back seat and there's a, you know, a driver with a mask on and there's three other people in the van who are sleeping. And then he's like, what are we doing? Where are we going? And gas fills the chamber and he passes out. He falls asleep. Yeah. What about those three people that were in there? Like they obviously got knocked out as well. If right. if we if we assume even if we assume that all three of them were picked up at the same time or gassed, now they're getting a second dose of that. Like anesthesia, you know, that's essentially what this is. Knockout gas, anesthesia type. So sure. if they're getting dosed again, 
isn't this potentially fatal? Like, what if they oh, were all picked up assume. one at a time? Yeah, so the, I, I, the first one to get picked up is now taking in four doses of this. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, these people would be dead before they got there. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. You know, like, um, this seems dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. That kind of took me out of it a little bit, but... um. Yeah. Other than that, it's, uh, like I said, I've watched the whole thing. Um, I predicted some things and had some fun with predicting some things. And we'll talk more about that later. Um, and let's see. Yeah. I don't want to say anything more than that. Um, I did really enjoy it though. And I can't wait for you to get through the rest of it. Yeah, I'll finish. I'll finish watching it at some point. You know, I'll uh, I'll watch it at some point. Yeah. So, where would you like to go next? Well, I did watch all of um, Midnight Mass. Okay. And did you enjoy all of it? Well. Kinda sorta yeah. Okay. Kinda sorta yeah. Like um you haven't watched any of it yet, correct? No no no, I've watched three episodes. Okay, so you watched the I first three episodes. Just right. finished the third episode, which uh was the priest sitting in the confessional booth throughout the episode talking about the story of the Monsignor and how he vanished. Okay. Um Do you have any speculations? Uh I've got a few of them. Um, okay. okay. One of them, actually, Julia had this speculation, and and I yeah. love it. Um, the dog was poisoned by the bitch there, the one yep. that we all hate, who's basically Clearly. Kristen Chenoweth's character from Schmigadoon. Yep. Um. because uh, her the the bit of her flowered dress was just up in the corner of the screen as the hot dog was tossed down to the dog. So, yeah, it was obviously her. Yes. Um, I first episode or second episode, one of them, when uh, we saw the overhead shot of the trunk um, and I saw the dirt in it, I went, oh, we dealing with vampires here because that might be, you know, uh, what what is it? It's the uh, dirt of the sacred land that they're from. Okay. So I said, oh, I wonder if we're dealing with vampires here. And then the more I see, like, murdered cats and such, the more it seems like vampires. In the third episode, even, he sees the quote-unquote angel. Um, So it seems like a vampiric thing. And we saw him um, dumping the flask, you know, the hip flask, into the sacramental wine. You know, he's like, oh, I'll top off the decanters, and he did that. So I think he's dosing the town with vampire blood um, to kind of, I guess, prepare them all for, you know, maybe this vampire is the last of its kind, and it wants to uh, stretch out into the world and rebirth its children. So, you know, kind of rebirth them this way. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yes. Huh. Yes. Okay. Well, that is not what I expected you to say. Okay. Okay. 
Nope, that is definitely not what I expected you to say. Uh, so when we reach the end of when I watch all of the episodes, which there's what seven, nine, seven episodes. So we will be blasting through those um, <clears throat> this week. So when we watch all of them, will you tell me what you thought I was going to say? Uh, of course I will. Okay, good. Because uh, I assume you don't want to tell me now. Yeah, I really don't. Uh, there was just something that like really stood out to me, especially in episode three, where I went, oh, bloody blah, 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 blah. Well, I definitely like midway through, I was like, well, wait a minute. There's no way that he could know all of these, you know, like he's sitting there in the confession and he's talking and, you know, he's like talking about everything that the Monsignor did being lost in the desert and how his mind was failing him. And I'm like, there's no way he could have knowledge of this. I'm like, he Actually, must I'm, be. I'm sorry. It was episode two. It was episode okay. two. I am. But anyways, he must be what? He must be the Monsignor, you know? It's not like he could just be, oh, some guy who got told this by the Monsignor. Um, okay. So, All right. So I saw that coming. Um, okay. And then in episode two, I'm trying to think back. That was the one. God, it, these episodes are long. And the funny thing is, like, not a lot happens in the episodes, but I'm still, like, have to keep watching all of the we well we started noticing like um, Julia pointed it out first. She's like, wait a minute, didn't Dad say that his or the son was on the fishing boat? And he's like, Dad, what about your back? And he's like, he's like, no, it's fine. And I was like, yeah. And he's not coughing anymore. He had that deathly cough in the beginning, and now he's not coughing. And then Mom stopped wearing her glasses to church, and so it's not just the girl who's walking. Like everybody seems to be getting better, whether they realize it or not. Which also leads me to believe that they're being dosed with vampire blood and they're kind of being converted in a slow way. I can't wait till the end of this because I, it, your silence is speaking volumes. Yeah. Like, like there's something that you saw that apparently either I didn't see or I'm not mentioning. Um, even her mom, even Annabeth Gish's mom is like coming out of her dementia and she made it up the stairs twice. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything more. Um, okay. This is. I'll say this. So Mike Flanagan, who did this series, yep. You know, he like you know created, wrote, directed, edited, produced, etc. He did Haunting of Hill House, amazing. Haunting of Bly Manor, meh. And but you can see Mid that like half the cast in this was in those two shows as well. Yeah, and then now Midnight Mass, where. Okay, I'm enjoying this. Um, his next next year, he's got the Midnight Club coming out, which is um, it's actually it's a based on a young adult novel by Christopher Pike, which I'm I'm actually kind of excited about. Oh, okay. Um, quite to be honest, but anyhow, um, <clears throat> yeah. So I, I really am not going to say any more. Okay. I just want to. Uh, I just want to um, have you watch the rest of it. Yes. Uh, and, and then we, then we can have a like good discussion. And then we yeah, because uh, like I told Julia tonight, we're we're blasting through. We're on the third episode. I go, well, I can get through this one before I have to do the podcast. She's like, oh, shit, that's right. You have to do the podcast. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is the uh, this is the life you chose. Um, yeah. Well, next Monday I, I have to work. So. Oh, 
Yeah, unless I get a trooper to sign up for the shift. If a trooper signs up for the shift, which I won't know until Thursday, then I have to work Monday the 18th. Okay. So. (sighs) Yeah. So we'll have to record next Tuesday, is what you're saying to me? Unless I have to work. Unless you have to work Tuesday as well? Yeah. I won't know until Thursday. Okay. So. Well, fingers are crossed for you, man. Yep. Yep. So anyways, um, so yeah, uh, I watched, uh, let's just keep it. I watched Muppets haunted mansion. Did you watch that? I did not. How is it? It's okay. Oh, that, that sounded disappointed. Like that did just sound yeah. okay. That was like, uh, like you had a lot of expectations going into this, I assume. Well, yeah, it's Muppets, but it was, it right. was okay. Right. It was okay. Okay. Uh, I may have to watch it again. I'm going to go. That's okay. There are some, uh, there are some shows and there are some movies like that. Um, I was just talking to Petrie the other day and he was saying that the first time he watched Shaun of the dead, he was like, eh, this wasn't that great. And then after he went back and rewatched it, he was like, Oh, this is fucking great. Well, the first time I watched grownups, I was like, yeah, whatever overrated. And then you and I watched, and you were like, no, this is great. And then we watched it together. And I was like, all right, it was really good. The second time. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Um, Ted Lasso finale was outstanding. I'm, I cannot wait to watch it. That was out. That's outstanding. Uh, the Connors was good. Um, Do you want to, do you want to save Ted Lasso until I've seen the finale? Yeah. Cause like I said, I watched the two prior to that, but yeah. Yeah. Let's just wait till you watch it. Cause I don't want to merge anything together. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Connors has been good. Uh, I, I don't know about the Wonder Years. I've watched the first three episodes now, and I just I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Like, and maybe it's like I can't relate because I wasn't a young black kid growing up in the '60s or a young black kid ever in life. So um, I don't know if it's I, it's I can't relate thing or I'm just like, you know, I find myself where I don't care about watching the teen drama stuff mm-hmm. and i just i find my taste has drifted from things that i don't know it's kind of weird how that's been ha- how that's happened and maybe that's a normal thing like as you grow up you don't care about these things you used to care about or used to enjoy because maybe you've aged out like cartoons <laughs> or or whatever but yet i can go back and watch like say for instance can't hardly wait or Trojan War, or any of those teen drama shows that I watched when I was a teen, and and oh, I, I like this a lot, you know, or like any of the John Hughes '80s teen flicks. I can still go back and watch those and enjoy the hell out of them. But like new stuff, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> for one, uh, the one that I always use as a reference is if I smell soap, hand soap that smells like it did at my elementary school, I'm immediately taken back there. And yeah. like, I don't care if it's like Dawn or, or I don't care about the brand. If I smell that soap and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm back at Helen Thompson. You know, it's, it, it's just like that. It just flicks a switch and it takes me back and I've got memories and I'm back there and I feel like a little kid again. I'm like, Oh, this is great. So you watching those shows, it's nostalgic 
it's bringing you back. Also, um, those ca- those kind of things are very comforting to people because you know what's going to happen. You know what to expect. So, you know, with newer shows, you don't know what's going on there. So it can be annoying yeah. to have to sit there and wait and wait and then be like, well, this wasn't as good as I hoped it was. Like, you know what you're getting with something that you've seen before. Sure, sure. Um, now, as far as the Wonder Years itself, I'm on the same boat with you like it's it's not a bad show and i'm i actually appreciate the way that they're doing it like they it's definitely about race and racism but at the same time it's not just a show about that it's about the era that you were growing up in so i can still see that just like you know watching the original wonder years was about growing up in that era and i missed that era by a bit and i still found a way to relate and enjoy it um, in this case though, like you said, it could just be that I'm at that point in my life where I don't want to be nostalgic for stuff like that. I don't want to look back at that era and be like, tell me what it was like to grow up in that era. I'm, I'm living through this era right now. Like, I don't need a history lesson on what it was like growing up in that era. So it's not as enjoyable to me. Yeah. It's by no means a bad show. I really think they're doing a great job with it. However, it's like you said, it's just not, I'm not enjoying it as much. I'm not feeling like, oh yes, I can't wait to watch this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just not relatable, I guess. Mm. And it doesn't make me like, it's not must see TV for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad, but I mean, it, it's not like it's a great loss. I mean, I'm sure that it's doing well, and I'm sure that it'll be around for a couple of seasons. But yeah, just oh, yeah. nothing that I'm really thrilled about. Like, if they canceled it tomorrow, or if I was just like, eh, I got a lot of stuff to watch, I'm not going to pick that one. Like, that's not going to be the one that I do next. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, CSI Vegas. Oh, yeah, that started, didn't it? Yeah, there's the one episode aired last week. Second episode's this week. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah? Yeah, they did a good they did a good job uh, doing a little callback to a couple of characters we're familiar with and introducing all the new characters. Um, yeah, introducing is, is all the a- new characters. Is this a torch passing thing or is this a reboot thing? How are they doing it? Um, no, I mean, the original series was on from 2000 to 2015. Okay. And essentially, it's just six years later. It's the okay. same crime lab. There's a new person running it. Uh, Jim Brass, who was like the lead detective for so many years on the show. Um, someone tries to kill him. And Sarah Seidel comes back to try to help. And by the end of the first episode, they've essentially said, okay, well, um, somebody is messing with, uh, well, I'll just say anyways, uh, Hodges is now a suspect, um, in some alleged crimes where all the years of cases that he happened to work in the lab will now be under suspicion of, tampering or this or that oh, or, God, or whatever yeah. and so they bring back Gil Grissom comes back at the end of the first episode 
oh. he's going to be a character on the show going forward as well because now they're basically trying to prevent all these cri- all these cases from getting overturned or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a mix of the original first season cast and some new people together um, solving crimes, if you will, and being Sexy. CSIs. So it's a little bit of both. You know, it's a little bit of a passing of the torch. It's a little bit of a throwback to the original. Um, it's definitely not a reboot, you know. Okay. And they're just calling this CSI Vegas because they've had the other CSI shows. And the original run, this was just called CSI Crime Scene Investigation. So, Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. you're in on it. You're, you're. Oh, ready. I'm in. I watched all 15, se- all 15 seasons of the first episode of the first uh, run. I didn't watch any of the other CSI shows. I just watched the original, so I'm, I'm back for this. Uh, my wife dug it, so it's something we're going to watch together. Nice. So, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Nice to, nice to get a show that you're ready for and one that you're excited about. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the premise. Did you finish oh, yeah, out that? Right. I did finish out that. So right. we have basically, we talked about the first two last time, right? Yeah. We talked about the social justice sex tape and the moment of silence, which Ooh. was still the best one. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I went back and watched this from the beginning with Julia and, and we both agreed. Yeah. That was the best one out of the series. I liked BJ Novak's little introductions to him. You know, yeah. almost like the Rod Serling mm-hmm. Twilight Zone type character, but at the same time, not really. Right. Yeah. Loved it. Um, yeah. So, so the Ballad of Jesse Wheeler, this uh, big pop star goes back to his local high school and he's supposed to donate money for a church or for a church for a library. But instead, he promises to have sex with the school val- valedictorian. <laughs> Uh-huh. And um that was funny. Uh Caitlin Deaver's in it. I like her a lot. She's been it, in some pretty cool stuff. Yes, like starting Book with Smart. Book Smart. Yep. Um She apparently was unjustified, by the way. No. She's probably pretty young, but Yeah, she was very I could young. See that. But yeah. Um, and there was also the uh, kid, and I don't know his name, but he was the main character in um, what was that one about the dominatrix? Yes, 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 yes. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, oh, bonding. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, all these people start. Comp- and I think this was Ed Asner's last role that he filmed before he passed. I was going to say he looked old and I thought he was dead already. So, yeah. But basically it's about this girl who's wicked smart, but she doesn't apply herself and she hates school. But the idea of having sex with this guy just because of who he is, she like somehow, you know, goes for it. And um, I don't know. It ends the way it ends. I liked it. I thought it was a good episode. Not as good as moment of silence. The commenter, the commenter, yeah, hated it so much. <laughs> this this was the uh, episode that basically showed the worst parts of social media. Yep. Like this was just it was painful. There was some stuff that I 
I did like about it. Like I did like the little twist at the end with the clear orange purse. Um, but I, for the most part, I was frustrated through most of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last episode, butt plug, that was interesting. That was really interesting, especially because at the end you're left to interpret it how you will. Yeah. The way I interpret it is basically is this guy, Daniel Day Kim, as an adult, uh, when someone shits on him when he was a kid and then comes looking for a handout or from assistance, he directs them to build a pitch for a butt plug. Yes, a sex toy butt plug, the greatest butt plug of all time. And what we get basically is this guy goes up and delivers this. And he spends a year working on this project and he goes up and he delivers a pitch for this thing. And, um, like does an amazingly good job. Like, don't you think? Yo, yeah. I like he, he was given one year and he was told that he had to quit his job and devote it to this. And Holy fuck. Did he make the most of it? Like I was sold. I wanted one of those. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, I don't know. I like the way it ended. He told him to go shove it up his ass. And then everyone in the room has a good laugh. And then you see him put it in this display case with a collection of all these other butt plugs where clearly he's done this before. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if it was one butt plug per bully when he was growing up. Yeah. I don't know, but it was good. I enjoyed the series as a whole. It was a unique and unique anthology as like even black mirror with its, technology influence was still had a sometimes a thriller or psychological thriller type aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Um, This, this anthology series was more, well, there was a lot, there's a lot of comedic elements to it. Yes. Um, Which we normally don't have even, even amazing stories, which is a lighter side of an anthology had still had some supernatural, elements into it if you will yep so this was unique in that in that fashion absolutely yep so uh what if what if so what if kind of turned into its own mini mcu huh yeah it did like yeah that was interesting we were all speculating on whether or not, like specifically the the version of Doctor Strange that was evil. Oh, is he the one that's going to show up in No Way Home? And then we kind of got it turned on its own head because at the end of What If Killmonger had rescued Tony Stark, we saw uh, a portal appear, and instead of yeah. Thanos, it was Ultron. Yeah. With Infinity Gems in his chest, and we get to see in this. Most the second to last episode was called "What If Ultron Won," and basically the Avengers didn't defeat Ultron, and he uh, got the power of the Mind Stone, being in Vision's body, as he had designed it, and became ruthless. Then when Thanos showed up with some of the Infinity Stones, he just lasered him right in half, just yep. right up the middle, mid speech. Like he went to give a little Thanos speech, and he's just like. Nah. And then he took the gems and he's like, yeah. oh, interesting. Okay. So he became all powerful and he destroyed everything in the universe that wasn't him and kind of got bored with it. And 
didn't know what else to do until Uatu was talking and he was like, wait a minute, who are you? And Uatu is, you know, the watcher. He's like, uh, he can't hear me. Why should he be able to hear me? And he could, he had gained that level of sentience that he could actually detect the multiverse. And so now he was hunting Uatu and, uh, Uatu did everything that he could actually fought him, fought really well. Um, surprisingly, cause you see the watcher and you always think that he's just, you know, a, Big head. That's it. He's just a big head Basically, and a guy in a row. That's what he is. Yep. Uh, he's Red Foreman. And uh, nope, he put the <laughs> he put the boots to Ultron across many multiverses, um, including what looked like a Star Wars universe, which is really fucking cool. Um, but yeah, there were a number of different multiverses that they fought across, and uh, he basically trapped him. Uatu trapped Ultron for a little bit, but. It wasn't going to last long, so in the very end, he called upon the Stephen Strange that we saw in the What If, you know, the evil version of him, and said, I need your help. So then we get the last one. Yeah, and the last episode is What If the Watcher Broke His Oath, and he basically makes his own little mini... um, Guardians of the Multiverse. Yeah. And they battle Ultron, and it's... um, I like it. He basically took all the heroes from the episodes that we've watched. So he got Captain Carter and he got T'Challa Star-Lord, who went and rescued Peter Quill, which was an interesting twist on that. Mm. Um, Rescued him from Ego. Um, Yeah, we got all of them. And this was an epic battle. Like, I would have loved to have seen more of this. Strange put the protection spells on him, and it was this version of Strange who had all the demonic energy inside of him, so that was pretty fucking badass. Um, Put the protection spells on them, and, you know, it was a massive epic showdown um, where they essentially, their, their plan was to use Gamora's Infinity Crusher. It was a device that was designed to destroy Infinity Stones, and they finally got Ultron down, and they finally fed the Crusher all the stones, but it didn't work because it was designed to destroy the infinity stones in her universe. And he got his infinity stones from a different universe. Loopholes, my friend loopholes make all the difference. It really does. You know, there's even in multiversal battles, there's loopholes. Um, so yeah, I, I friggin', I loved it. Although it made me sad because it felt like this was now instead of it being like a bunch of different collected stories that were kind of cool, it was now a self-contained. You'll never see these people again type of thing. Oh, and and true to his form, Killmonger turned on all of them. He rewired one of the Ultron pro droids and. Took the stones onto himself because he said, you know, we need this power to set what's wrong in our universes, blah, blah, blah. And they were only able to defeat him by using the Arnim Zola virus from two episodes ago. Which I thought was hilarious. Yes. Hey, real quick. My wife wants to know how Daniel Stripe Tiger is doing. Um, he is doing well. Tell her, by the way, that the pie was phenomenal. We had some. We finally broke into it. and It was great. Pi was phenomenal, and he's doing um, well. 
he's doing well. He's it, it's taking him a while to adjust. Like he spent the entire day under the bed hiding. Um, That's to be expected. Spent the entire yeah. day under the bed hiding. But when nightfall came, he came out, he used his litter box, he walked around a little bit, sniffed some more, and okay. I just got a photo a little while ago that he's on the bed with Julian getting pads oh. and scratches. So perfect. And he has his yep. he has his uh, he has his walkway to the bed anyways, his stairwell exactly. if you will. So yep. good. Oh well, that's good. Glad yeah. to hear it. Yeah. Um so yeah, I was I was sad that this was kind of self-contained now because I really did like the idea of expanding these multiverse characters into more movies. And that's what I thought was going to happen, but you're right. By the end of this episode, it really is. It's self-contained universe. Yeah. Um, but, but we got a PS. What if always was. Yeah. We, d- we did get a PS. What'd you think about that? Yeah. So it's funny. I had watched the episode and it was over. Um, like we had to get going or something and I shut it off. And then you messaged me like, there's a PS. So I went back and watched it. So I'm glad you did. Yeah. Mid credit scene. Um, <laughs> Captain Carter and, and, and black widow find the, the uh, Hydra stomper armor and there's mm-hmm. someone inside. So I'm sure uh, we're going to get a second season with more of these stories, which would be great. I love it. Yeah. Um, Again, I would just love to see some of this bleed over, especially Doctor Strange. Oh, I, I would love to see that version of him. Um, I'm wondering if they're also going to do, like, since we're doing Multiverse of Madness, we're doing the new Black Panther. Are we going to get this version of Killmonger? Because, you know, his character was killed in our universe. But if we yeah. got this version of him, because the Watcher kind of dropped people off in air quotes, universes that needed them. You know, he brought Black Widow. She was the last person alive in her Earth, and he brought her over here to a land where the Avengers lost their widow. Um, Yeah. So maybe, maybe we're going to get Killmonger back. Who knows? Guess we'll find out as time goes on. Yep. Uh, What we do in the shadows? I laugh a lot when I watch this show. <laughs> it really makes me want to go back and watch the movie. I haven't seen the movie in such a long time. I know. I know. I want to do the same. <laughs> um, so we had two episodes this time. We had uh, The Escape and The Siren. The Escape was we got a previously on, and this was that The Sire got out. Yes, the sire got out and they did. And basically, uh, I liked it because they were like, well, the rumor is if he gets killed and dies, then we all all vampires die. Yes. Because it's like, whoever well, was your creator and he created the original. So and it's like, well, that's not true, though, because, you know, the count's dead and he created Natalia. Natalia yeah. Nadia, who then created me. So and he's dead and we buried him in the yard and we're both alive. So that's not true. And then they said, they said, we should go dig him up. And um, well, they find that his torso is still alive. Yeah. One of his <sighs> arms is fused to his torso and he's been subsisting off the blood of the other bodies that they've buried in the backyard. Yeah. The blood soaked ground. Yeah. And kind of digging his way towards the house <laughs> underground. Uh, and he hugs Guillermo. Well, he's trying to dig his way up. But apparently he was just digging his way sideways. Yep. 
Uh, and he hugs Guillermo and he's just happy to see everyone. And then we see him like riding a dog in the episode. The dog the hellhound. Barks, the hellhound. Yes. We see him <laughs> riding the hellhound in the episode or it, it's just hilarious. And then they've, uh, and I love how they hunt down the sire and they find him like in the grocery store in the sporting goods store. Mm-hmm. And basically the count and, and, and the hunt and the, and the sire talk in ancient language and, they basically go live in the country together with the hellhound, the three mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> yeah. A way to get all three of them off the show, but have them yeah. available just in case. Yeah. Um, and I love how they get, they feed by putting, uh, putting ads on Airbnb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Uh, we also learned awesome. this time that gar- gargoyles are alive and they yep. are gossipers. They love to gossip. Yep. yep. Um, I laughed my ass off when Laszlo swallowed the harmonica. And yep. every time he talked, it was coming out in harmonica notes. Fucking hilarious. Love yeah, it. some good stuff as well. Um, so then we have the siren. Um, another good episode. I, I love the Nadia doll. I'm glad that she went back into the doll's body at the end because she's fucking adorable and I love it. Um, but yeah, basically, and this whole season has been this way. Like, uh, Laszlo and Colin Robinson are off doing their own things each time. And Nadja and Nandor, like the original posit was since they're on the vampiric council or the rulers of the vampiric council, you know, they need to rule together. But I mean, even in this case, it was just, they were looking for the doll together. Uh, while the other two were traveling to an Island to, uh, see if they could learn more about the origins of Colin Robinson's, uh, energy vampire, powers like where he comes from and they got waylaid by a siren (laughs) (laughs) and it was fucking hilarious because she was a she was a dumbass she was terrible but every time she would sing they were just drawn to her because that's what sirens do but she was like half chicken or something um you know because colin robinson explains that you know not all the myths were true and that sirens weren't necessarily you know beautiful women with mermaid bodies some of them had reptilian forms and some of them, like in this case, were more bird-like. Um, but basically, Nadja's doll runs away from home because she's sick and tired of nobody paying attention to her and not getting any respect. And I think it was hilarious that Nadja basically like broke down about it, knew what she was going to be doing, knew that she'd run away be uh, and be a little drama queen because she's like, that's what I would do. I would do the exact same thing because she is just a, a fraction of Nadja's mind, soul, however you want to do it. Yep. So I loved it. I, I like this one quite a bit, although I think I like the escape better. Um, it had more fun stuff. The The siren was annoying. Like when they got to her Island, it was, it was kind of funny at first but then it just got annoying very quickly and the fact that colin robinson wanted to live with her because you know he's also annoying and laszlo rescued him so then at the end he tells the camera crew to turn their stuff off because he's gonna whack it oh jeez, yes yes um excuse me 
Yeah, I had noticed as well that this whole episode, this whole season so far is like they are they have their own adventures. Colin Robinson and and yeah, exactly like you said. Yeah, and, and I wonder, I wonder if they're just trying to mix things up or if it was like a filming thing. Like, did they only have these two here and these two here? And oh, well, no, because we well we do see the four of them together, but not often. Like they all went after the sire together, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Kate, uh, I started watching The Maid tonight with Kate. I watched the first episode and a half on Netflix. And? Is this something you had watched as well? I know we were discussing. I can't remember if you guys no. think you were going to watch it or you had watched it. Or- so this afternoon we sat down. And I was like, let's watch a show. We've got The Maid. And she's like, eh, I don't really want to watch that right now. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really in the mood for it either. I want to watch it, but uh, not right now. I wasn't in the mood. So we went with Midnight Mass, and I'm glad that we did. But that'll be up on the list as well. All right. So I, I, Kate loves the show, and I'm going to stick with it. I only watched the first episode and a half because we I came over here to talk to you. Right. Um, so I shut it off, you know, halfway through and then it can't be that great if you shut it off halfway through willingly. Like, I know well, that sometimes it was been like, yeah, but sometimes in the past you're like, hey, I got to go a little bit late because we're watching an episode of this. And it's oh, weird. yeah. But yeah. OK, that's a fair assessment. She pisses me off. Your wife? No, the character on the show. Oh, oh OK. Yeah. The maid, if you will. The, gotcha. she, just, she just pisses me off. Oh, Um. Okay. Um, it's hitting, I a, little ask, too, or it's I just... hitting a little too close to home for my work. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask because I know that Kate had said that it was a little uncomfortable for her because it dealt with like domestic abuse stuff and that yeah, it's a little it, bit too it, real and. Right, right, and I think, and that just, I think it just pisses me off because it's like, oh, I talk to these fucking people every day. Right. Yeah, yeah that just, makes sense. You know, like I've never been in an abusive relationship. So I don't know what it's like, but if someone was treating me like shit, I would get away from them. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, Um, I don't really going to go with that story, Bob. I don't, I don't abuse uh, physically abusing you. Okay. Physically. You know what I mean? Like I just, so anyways, I just, you'll have to watch it, I guess. Oh yeah. I'm planning on it, but that's two people now that have been like, oh, this is kind of rough because of the subject matter. So I'm, uh, I'm not sure how eager I'll be to finish it. The rookie. Okay. (laughs) The rookie. So did you do the same thing that I did, which is about 30 seconds into the first episode, immediately Google, why was West killed off screen? Yep. And they said, we don't know why West was killed off screen. Yeah. Well, from what I read, the actor just decided to not return to the show. Okay. Which is very, uh, it doesn't look good for the show because remember how in the first season, his TO did the same thing. Although she was very vocal and said that it was an abusive place and, you know, that she didn't like the people and blah, blah, blah. So I, I got a little worried when I saw that now Jackson did the same thing, um, without saying why, and that, you know, now I'm wondering, is it something along those lines? So, but all right. I, I don't know what happened, obviously, but right. I know I'm watching the show. We're watching the beginning. Mm-hmm. We see him get shot in the back. 
Yeah. And then stuffed in the in the in the uh, in the um, trunk. Trunk. Everyone seems worried, but no one seems angry. And then this yeah. offhandedly, we found his body, and it's like, oh shit, he's actually dead. Like he was, it was so anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the most so... we got was in like episode two with Lucy being so sad about his room. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was just, it was like, oh, he's gone. Boo hoo. Yeah. It was just, it, okay. In true rookie fashion, uh-huh. Lopez is kidnapped. West is murdered, which is not true rookie fashion. I mean, that, that was kind of threw me for a loop and then i even like halfway through i'm like no they're actually sticking with this he's dead thing like i keep yeah. waiting for him to pop up so finally i googled it oh he left the show okay i guess he's dead yeah lopez is kidnapped she gets taken to guatemala you know her husband soon to be husband apparently has connections and finds out where she is by promising and, his soul to the devil yeah 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 and freaking nolan and and uh oh shit dad you know what i'm talking about uh-huh not chen no nope. damn it uh, i can't bradford. think of their names bradford nolan and bradford and um nyla yeah. harper yeah the three of them go to guatemala and easily yeah. rescue her because the captain approves it. He's like, yep, we just got to do this one. You know, we got to stay on top of it. We've only got so much yeah. time. They go to Guatemala. They rescue her. They have that connection with the guy, the black ops guy from last season that they bring back and and get helicoptered in and out. They kill. Uh, what's her nuts? The bad girl there, yeah. the drug lord. A Fiera. Yeah, she's dead. Finally. Lopez, well, Lopez she got kills shot. her. She now, got she shot. Was, she got shot multiple times in the stomach and chest and was and was draped over a fence when they flew out. She's dead. You know? Yeah. And it's just. Yep. And um, and then three months later and Lopez is given birth to a son who she calls <sighs> Jackson. Oh, that was one of my notes. I'm like, really? They called the kid Jackson. Yep. Uh, yep. And then. Oh, so and don't was, forget that in the middle of that, they, yeah. you know, they're making their secret clandestine plan, you know, to go down to Guatemala and they're all gathered up at the house and they're all in their civvies and they go, wait, we have to make sure that we recognize what a great day this is. Nolan, you're a P2. I'm like, your fucking other officer got murdered. Yeah. One of them is down in Guatemala and you're like, hey, let's take time to make sure he knows he's a P2. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> And then we get episode two, five minutes. So uh, Bradford's a sergeant, so he's got to learn how to be a sergeant. (laughs) He he's a sergeant in title. Yeah, but he's got to learn how to be a sergeant. He's like, well, I'm a hands-on guy. I'm on a stand back and watch guy. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Nolan's riding with Chen, which just seems weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. They introduce Claire Ivy, a notorious I mean, it, cat burglar, right? That, who who then has this elaborate heist she's going to do, which they <laughs> easily foil by the end of the episode. Um, 
But I keep okay, having I to remind myself over and over again that when this show aired originally, for like the first three or four yeah. episodes, Nolan and Chen were an item. Yes. And now they're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, Harper, Nolan's old T.O., gets a new rookie, a new boot. This guy named Aaron Thorson, who is very much similar to the Amanda... The girl in Italy who got who allegedly murdered oh, her yeah. roommate and but yeah. then was found not guilty and this and that and everything. So this guy had a similar experience, his backstory. And so Harper immediately writes him off and basically is trying to force him to quit, which does not seem like her character at all. Or am I just not thinking it oh. right? Oh no, 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 no. This is not not liking. This is hate. Yeah, right. But this isn't her character. Like, I hate it when they take an established character yes. and flip them just to make it just to make it convenient for an episode. She was almost this was stuff I would have expected from Bradford. Like, this is yes. classic Bradford in a yeah. nutshell. Like, he yeah. would have been saying, you know, sir, this isn't going to work out. This guy's too popular. Everybody sees him, blah, 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 blah. Like, that would have been Bradford. I would have been perfectly on board with it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, Nolan's got a new love interest because I guessed uh, him. I thought him and the doctor were dating or going to try. I don't know they what were, they were going to try, but that kind of fell apart. Wasn't this the one that he had from last season? Um, Jody Lynn O'Keefe. Yeah, I think they went on a date. Yeah. Yeah, that was about it. Yeah. And then now they went on a date again. And then she's like, no, I'm just going to break up with you because that's what always happens to me. I fall for a guy and then he's like, you work too much. And I'm like, no, man. And then we break up. So I'm just going to avoid all that and just fuck everybody I see. Mm, Yes. And Nolan's like, "Nah, but I know what to expect. See? And then they decide to make try to make it work. Uh huh. (laughs) <laughs> and then they kiss and then the other firefighters clap because that would yeah. that would never actually happen in real life no no it would not and then like you said the big b story in episode two was chen and uh i guess her new roommate the the the, the street child she rescued um trying to paint west room and in the end they they get it done so i like the show a lot but the, the 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 main pattern of this show is they they just marry sue everything on it and solve everything rather quickly and um even when a character a lead character is put in peril you know they're not in actual danger right unless of course it's between seasons and you want to leave the show <laughs> yeah and i remember that early on um Early on in this show, one of the things that we liked about it, we're like, yes, it's dramatized and yes, it's it's a TV show, but a lot of it felt fairly realistic. Now it it does not feel realistic at all. No, it doesn't. Again, they they left all realism at the door. Yeah, but I'll keep watching it because Nathan Fillion's in it, and yeah, that's enough (laughs) for me. And Trisha Helfer was in this week. Yeah, I gotta say, I don't think she looked all that good. I wasn't looking at her that way, but I was like, oh, it's Trisha Helfer. I was like, nerd goddess with Nathan well, Fillion, fair, nerd god. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Nathan Fillion looks great for 50, huh? Uh, yeah, God. So, um, 
let's see here. What else? Premise, Minimus, Squid Game, Ten Last Color, blah, 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 blah. Do you have any other shows? Not on my list. Okay. I watched a bunch of movies. Oh, did you? Yeah. I only I watched to... one. What did you watch for a movie? I watched My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Okay. I uh, have never seen it before, and the other night we were laying in bed, and Julie was like, let's put this on, and we got about a half an hour into it, and then both of us were ready to fall asleep, so we stopped. But the next day I picked it up, and uh, yeah, it was quite enjoyable. I I really liked it. Um, I can't say I've seen it in a long time. It uh, it was a good, um, I guess you would say rom-com. That's what it is, yeah. But it never felt like uh, one of those over-the-top, like, oh, the boy is going to get the girl. Oh, the boy is going to lose the girl. Like, it was just a straight progression through a relationship, which I liked. Right. What'd you watch? Well, okay, so I watched at work one day. Uh, I was working on the the floor and the TV was on. And so I, 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 I kind of watched. I mean, I, I looked at the screen uh, for like uh, Halloween three, four and five. OK, you know, so yep. I, I, I'm counting those as like, you know what? I've seen them. I don't need to watch them like this year. Um, but I also we watched Monster Squad because it's a solid nice. flick. And because Wolfman's we, got nards. He does. We had a family movie night and watched Casper. At uh, Kate's uh, cousin Jesse's house, we had the outside projector and everything. It was actually there's a bunch of us sitting outside campfire movie. It was nice. It was a lot of fun. Right. Um, October seventh, Fathom Events presented the 40th anniversary of The Evil Dead. Nice. Um, and there was not a single screening in the state of Maine. Boo. So that sucked. I wanted to go see it. I was going to take my son to see it. He's never seen The Evil Dead. Um, he has now. So on October 7th, on Thursday night, uh, we watched my um, Thor EMI, Thorn EMI original VHS release of The Evil Dead. Hmm. Yep. Wonderful. Yes. Yep. Did he enjoy it? He did enjoy it thoroughly. As he um, should. Well, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he enjoyed it thoroughly. And um, yeah, hold on a second. Holding on. There's some kind of aquatic filtration system being used. Well, I looked over and I saw the cat didn't have any water and she was trying to lick like la- the, the water residue off the bottom of the, the bowl. And I was like, I'll get you some water real quick. Such a good cat, Ed. Well, that's, yeah, I try to be. Um, yeah, so apparently Evil Dead grossed on Thursday night like 3.2 million. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. I think people wanted to see it, apparently. Well, not only that, but, you know, there's not a lot to see these days. Not diminishing it in any way. Just saying, no. you know, there's not a lot, so it's kind of yeah. cool that people want to see that uh last night Kanan and i watched i know what you did last summer the original yes the original jennifer love hewitt sarah michelle geller ryan Phillippe, print freddie prince jr 
flick. Nice. Yeah, from 1997. I actually saw that in the theaters in 97. Mm. Incidentally. Um, you know, it's, it's a movie I haven't seen in over 20 years, I bet, or close to 20 years. Um, I remembered the main premise of it. I remembered quite a bit of what happened, but like the little nuances I had forgotten. Um, of all the 90s horror slasher flicks, this one, I mean, the movie holds up, I'll say. It was, it's still a good film, but it's definitely not like as memorable as, say, Scream or Final Destinations. You know what I mean? Right. I think a lot of the, uh, like, people will always quote the title. I know what you yeah. did last summer, but nobody quotes the movie itself because right. it was fairly forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Exactly. That's a great way uh, to describe that. Uh, and then the last movie I watched, um, I watched The Many Saints of Newark. Oh, the prequel thing there. Yep. How was that? Um, it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't a movie. It was a prequel. It was a, it was a pilot for a, a new TV series. Oh, okay. I mean, I know that's not what it was presented as or what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a feature film. To me, it did not have the look and feel of a feature film. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It looked like a TV show. Okay. And, um, the big hype was like, who made Tony Soprano? Blah, 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 blah. And realistically, Tony Soprano, as a child and then as a teenager, played by uh, James Gandolfino's son as a teenager, is is an uh, afterthought. This movie's all about uh, Chris's dad. Mm. Tony's, Tony's uh, cousin. Mm-hmm. It's all about his dad, basically. Okay. Um, so it was to me, it was it was a TV movie of the week, if you will, or HBO original film to show. But it, it wasn't a it wasn't a motion picture, you know, like feature film that it's worth going to the theaters to see. If you get what I mean. Yes, I absolutely understand where you're coming. Yeah. from. Yeah. I smell what it is that you are cooking in that okay. frying pan. There, there were some good parts. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't blown away. Um, yeah. See, I never even watched the Sopranos as a TV series, so none of this matters to me. I mean, I'm interested in your takes on it, but it's not like I'm going to watch it either way. Yeah. I mean, I watched all of the Sopranos TV series and, and if you, if I had never seen the Sopranos TV series and then I watched this movie, you basically, you would be like, okay, well, that was a movie I watched. As opposed to if you watch the show, if you're a big fan of the show, you'd be like, oh, that's the younger version of that guy. Oh, that's the young version of that guy. Oh, and that, okay. Oh, that's Cousin Junior. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like Uncle gotcha. June, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, this, it's all of the main characters that you saw in the series, and they're all, you know, 20 years younger, 20 gotcha. to 30 years younger. And so somebody who was into the series would appreciate that aspect of it. Yes, they would. But like, if this wasn't on HBO Max and I had gone to the theaters and paid money to see it, I'd be like, it's a fucking TV pilot. It's not a feature film. You know what I gotcha. mean? Like Goodfellas is a feature film. Heat, Casino, those feel like a feature film. This didn't mm-hmm. feel like a feature film. This felt like a long episode of a TV show. Okay. 
Well, that's too bad that they that they marketed it as a film, but. Anyhow, what else we got? We got um, news and trailers and news stuff and trailers. Yeah. Right. Oh, a couple weeks worth, huh? Yeah, we got to go back a little ways in the old list. All right. Well, fire it out there. Uh, started with a trailer for uh, the Girl in the Woods. There it is. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't even remember this trailer. <laughs> it didn't I, stand I out to I me. I remember I sent it to you. Oh, I remember watching it, but I don't remember it. Like I, I, I'm looking. I'm going. Okay, yep. I just don't remember it. Yeah, it's a, it's a young adult kind of horror witch thing. Um, it basically, monsters are real. They're kept at bay by a mysterious door in a uh, colony. Yes, yes, yes. I remember it now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So girl comes of age and she's supposed to guard the door. But, you know, then things start happening. And I'm sure that there'll be teen romance and crap yep. like that. And, sure there will be. Um, yeah. Um, then Send there was. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The Slumber Party Massacre remake for Sci-Fi yeah. Channel. Yeah. Um, I, this is a movie that, A, I was like, they've remade this movie? Then I watched the trailer and I thought, you know, it's not something to me that needs a remake. You know? like No. I'll watch it. Don't get me wrong. But it's definitely not something I would say, oh, this needs a remake. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it wasn't that good. Yeah. And especially not taking a classic, you know, horror movie slumber party massacre, you know, so there's boobs and there's girls and blah, 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 and putting it on the sci-fi channel where none of that's going to be allowed. I mean, we'll get some swearing. We'll get some blood. We've seen that, but then we're not going to see boobs. Uh huh. We'll see some butts yeah. probably. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, December 29th. Yep. That's great. I'll can't believe that. they're that far along on it. I know. I sent you a trailer for uh, Licorice Pizza. Yeah, that was something that I watched this week. Yeah, I watched it myself, so now you had to watch it. That's how that yep. one works. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't. I watched it and it was like, what is this? Yeah. What What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Um, and how do I how do I stop watching it? Yeah, it says, Licorice Pizza is a story of Elena Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and falling in love in, San, in the San Fernando Valley in 1973. This film, the film tracks the treacherous navigation of first love. Oh, uh, love. Yeah, I, I'm all set. It's a Paul I Thomas look- Anderson film. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, I sent you a trailer for Just Beyond. A, it's coming to Disney Plus. It's a TV series. It's an anthology based on graphic novels by R.L. Stein, which is yeah. aliens. I kind of want to watch it, but yep. at the same time, I kind of don't care about it. 
Yes. It's one of those that like, if I happen to see it, I'll be like, Oh cool. I'll check this out. But, um, it could just as easily be like three months from now. I see somebody talking about it and go, Oh, that's right. That came out. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it has Ricky Lindholm. So it does indeed. Yep. Um, I also sent you Chuck Steele, Night of the Trampires. And I feel like you sent me that because I sent you licorice pizza. Yes, it was a revenge tactic, my friend. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. Uh-huh. And then you sent no me uh, you sent me Wolf. Wolf, yes. With uh, Lily Rose Deck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was on a roll there. Yeah, um, that definitely fell into the camp of, yeah, I had to watch it. Now you have to watch it. Yeah, more like a fuck you very much type trailer. <laughs> uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, the reissued Rocky Four, which is going to be called Rocky Four, Rocky vs. Drago, the ultimate director's cut, is coming out in November. It's got 40 minutes of unseen footage in it. And they're also cutting the robot out of the film because Sly hated the robot. <laughs> the robot was terrible. He just literally exists now to be the butt of jokes. Yep. Uh, House of Dragons teaser trailer. Yeah, what'd you think of that? Well, I like your response. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Like, I mean, I watched the trailer. It's basically like, hey, there's something new Game of Thrones related coming, and here's a bunch of images from stuff you'll see in it, but there's no discernible story in this trailer at all. Just watch the fucking shit we're putting out. Yeah. It's like, here's the visuals. Here's Matt Smith looking all cool, but no, no talk about the story or, you know, the fact that, you know, we're going to be seeing more dragons or not more. I don't know. It, It didn't do anything for me. Like, and part of that could also be because I ended Game of Thrones, not yep. liking it. Yes. You know, I liked Game of Thrones so much in the beginning, and then by the end, I was so anti-Game of Thrones. So maybe that's part of it as well. Um, I don't know. You sent me Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. So this looks good. It's it's a reboot. Complete reboot. Yeah. Um, this time, they actually included like iconic imagery from the games. Like there is that opening shot as they walk into the mansion, the helicopter crashing through the window that happens in Chris's campaign, the um, initial sighting of the zombie vampire with or zombie with the uh, lab coat, eating somebody else and turning his head. Even the tanker truck that explodes is the opening of resident evil two. And that's what separates Leon and Claire into their two stories. So that part of it was fucking great. I love that. I'll check this out. It does look very, very good. The uh, the zombies look spot on. We've got liquors. We've got the dogs. Like it looks like they basically said, okay, we get it. Um, you know, the ones with Mila Jovovich were not really Resident Evil. That was his version of Resident Evil. But we're here now to make up for it, and we're going to give you the Resident Evil that you all wanted. Although the one big complaint that I have that really pisses me off, and I said it even when the casting originally came out, is that Neil McDonough should be Albert Wesker, not 
Ah, oh, shit. I should have looked it up. I can't remember the name of him, but the guy who created the T virus, um, he should not be that doctor. He should be Birkin, William Birkin. Um, he should be Albert Wesker, the fucking immortal vampire, uh, double agent for umbrella who's fucking badass and cool and fucking neil mcdonough is him so that pisses me off but whatever that 70s show is getting a spin-off called that 90s show and unlike that 80s show this is a legitimate spin-off because it's yeah. gonna have red and kitty in it yes it is I almost forgot about that 80s show. Yeah. But this is going to be a Netflix original. Yeah. And like you said, uh, Red and Kitty, uh, Kurt Kurt Wood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp are going to be back as Red and Kitty. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of sure what it's going to be. I'm not, I'm curious who else is going to be in it or what the main story is going to be about. So. Yeah, they didn't really give us much other than just the casting or that it was a spinoff. So yeah. we don't really know what's going to happen with it. Um, I don't know. I, I'll probably check it out or at least I'll watch a trailer for it. Yeah. But what's its face? Um, that 70s show was pretty good. I like the earlier stuff. Um, it was oh. enjoyable to me. Oh, According to something? this, it's going to be centered on the character of Leah Foreman. Who is Who's the grand? Who, who is the daughter of Eric and Donna? Oh, interesting. So they're going the boy meets world, girl meets world scenario. Okay, okay. They probably saw that it worked for them and said, "Well, let's yeah. try that." Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, Star Trek Discovery season four. Yes. Um. I like I half watched this because I'm going to watch it no matter what. Like, yeah, that was a thing. Like the trailer again, it's a trail. Hey, here's a show that we know people are going to watch. So we're going to put out a trailer that's just going to have scenes from episodes. But there's no there's nothing that we're not really going to tell you what's going to happen this season. Right. Which I'm fine with. Yeah, I absolutely um, love the first three seasons. The third one, eh, you know, didn't do as much yeah. for me as the first two did, but. Fuck yeah, I'll watch this. And then we're getting Doctor Who Season 13, or Series 13, in October. Which, they gave us the shortest teaser. Um, It it was, God, what is it? 19 seconds long. Yeah. And basically, it's just Jodie Whittaker's Doctor with Yaz and the new companion in the background. And she's saying, the flux is coming. It's bringing Santarans, Weeping Angels, Ravagers, which we've never met. Um, and then basically just signs off. So, um, what is according, the according to this, it's only going to be six episodes and it's going to tell really? one complete story over the six episodes. Like in the very old days. Yes. Well, apparently I'm reading this now and it says, oh, this is the first time since 86, the trial of the time Lord. And it's only the third time in the program's history. The first time was the key to time in 70 to 79, where the entire series is going to be just one story. Interesting. Yeah. I I don't, I wonder if Chibnall did that as an experiment or because he knew he was on his way out and he was like, well, let's just do this and be okay with it. I don't know, but I'm excited. 
I'm excited to watch Doctor Who. I am too. And yeah. I'm I no offense to Chibnall and uh yeah. Jody Whitaker, but I'm very excited for Davies to come back. Yep, me too. Because I want to see him do more things. I want to see him do the uh I want to see him do a spin-off like well, he they did have, with Torchwood. They're gonna I have to see three, him do Madame Bastra and Jenny. They're gonna have this six episode season and then three associated specials. Hmm? And then in 2023 is when Davies is, t- is is back. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get. So we're not. Ends. Well, basically, what I'm saying is we're not going to see a new doctor come December. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, she's going to go out after her specials. Yep. So, yeah. I don't have anything uh, else. I got a couple other pieces of news. Sure. Um, for now, and this is a big asterisk, like, you know, it's – but basically, the Friday the 13th lawsuit is over. Right, yep. In probably not the best way. Um, it, I'm not even going to do it justice, so I'm just going to say anybody who follows Friday the 13th or the movies knows that there's been a big lawsuit with the rights to the movies from the screenwriter – but it was only for the very first movie and all the stuff associated with that. So Jason Voorhees as a big behemoth does not get included in this um, lawsuit, which is why it kind of sucks because basically this guy won the rights to the Friday the 13th camp, crystal Lake um, Jason's mom, like all that kind of stuff. But Jason Voorhees as a monster air quotes, right? he has nothing to do with because it wasn't in that first movie. We get, we get the backstory of, of, of Jason drowning at the summer camp quote fingers as well as in the first one. But yeah, you're right. Everything that happened in parts two on where we actually see Jason for the first time has nothing to do with this lawsuit. So, but does he own the right to the name Jason? He, as far as I know, he only owns the right to Friday the 13th. So he he would be able to make more movies or create more stuff based on Friday the 13th, but not necessarily have anything to do with Jason Voorhees. Or maybe he could option those rights to the studio and make a ton of money while they make that. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens. What was your other news item? Uh, We talked about this a little while ago, but um, we're getting an update here. The 50 States of Fright is coming soon to Roku. That's the one that, um, you know, there's 50 different stories based on horror from each state, you know, urban legend type things. Wasn't that the going to be on like Quibi or some shit? Yeah. And then, yeah. And Roku bought up Quibi. So Roku's going to have it now. Uh, Mr. Corman, that show with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt that came to Apple Plus, yeah, it's already been canceled apparently. So I definitely will not be checking that out. Oh, yeah, well, neither will I then. Um, and then two big pieces of news, fucking huge pieces of news. One of them just broke tonight as we started recording, so I had to jot it down. Uh, James Gunn has confirmed it, but yes, Adam Warlock is coming to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And uh, he'll be played by Will Poulter, who you'd probably remember him as the nerdy kid in We're the Millers. Yep. 
Uh, he's been in a few other things, but yeah, he will be playing Adam Warlock. That's fucking huge. Adam Warlock is a major character in the comics. Uh, he, he was given a soul by the soul gem and became the guardian of the soul gem for a long time. Um, yeah. So that's, that's big. You know, James Gunn actually took to Twitter and, you know, cause deadline was like, they put up something. Oh, we've heard that Adam Warlock's coming. And James Gunn's like, yeah, I strike down false rumors. So, uh, welcome, Will. <laughs> You're in the family. And then the one that I'm most excited about is that we're getting a spinoff of WandaVision. Oh, and it's are we? Focus on Catherine Hans Agatha Harkness. Oh, really? Okay. It's going to be a dark comedy, and they haven't given any other details except that it's going to be um, the WandaVision writer Jack Schaefer will both write and executive produce the Agatha Harkness series. Um, yeah. Okay. That That's all the details they've given us, but it's going to be a whole spinoff, so fuck yeah. Which kind of okay. fits because, you know, most of WandaVision was fake TV shows, so yeah. I'll be interested to see what happens there. Yeah. But I think that's about it. Okay. Well, I'm on Twitter. Nope. Nope. Okay. That's everything for me as well, sir. All right. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm Superstar Mel. I'm the Quantum Geek G33K. That's our show. That is our show. We will uh, chat at you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. All right. Yeah, that works. Cool.